0: Welcome Hoosier fans to another emergency podcast here, another emergency edition of the Assembly Call as your Indiana Hoosiers got some unexpected good news on a Monday morning. Well, maybe not unexpected, but the timing was kind of unexpected. We didn't know that that this was going to happen. Did we know that this was going to happen today, Galen?
1: Gary Parrish didn't know that this was going to happen today. <laughs>
0: That is very true. Certainly, very unexpected for certain segments uh, of the media. Uh, but I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with the doctor, Galen Clavio, from Kim Crimson Cast. And we are, of course, here to talk about the exciting news that Tamar Bates has chosen Indiana. Tamar Bates uh, is originally from Kansas. He is currently playing at IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, if you don't kind of know the story of his recruitment, he, he's kind of a fast-rising guy. So I think as recently as a year ago, he was kind of hovering around the hundreds. He's gone up. I think right now he's at 57 on the the, the um, 24-7 rankings, expected to jump again. So he's a guy who's just who just continues going up. And he was originally a commit of Shaka Smart's at Texas. And then when Shaka Smart went to Marquette, Tamar Bates reopened his recruitment. Kenya Hunter had a relationship with Tamar Bates, uh, you know, obviously went after him hard and got him. And by the way, let me see if I can find this, but Kenya Hunter had maybe one of the great tweets in the history of Indiana basketball earlier today, Galen. I don't know if you saw this. He's got eye emoji, fire emoji, and then a wink. And then the awesome GIF of 50 cent in a car, kind of like looking and smiling and then driving just, off it's just the
1: the level of <laughs> swag right it's... now I, I can't, so it's like, I'm, just, I'm encompassed in swag with this IU basketball program, it's incredible just, just, just awesome, awesome Twitter presence by Kenya Hunter
0: It is awesome, it's so great So, okay, so let's talk a little bit about Tamar Bates and what we're getting You know, obviously Ryan's not here to give us one of his patented in-depth scouting reports And, you know, you and I aren't like, you know, recruiting gurus So I certainly encourage everybody to kind of go watch, you know, videos of Tamar and read up on him but from what i can gather you know this is a guy who's he's a 6-4 combo guard he's a lefty you watch him shoot he's got a sweet stroke it's smooth yeah. it's pretty quick like every you know his feet are in line like we've seen some guys uh recently who have come to indiana that you know their shots look a little herky jerky and don't you know look quite college ready all guys have an adjustment when they get to college you know but he looks like he's got a shot that could be college ready to where he could be able to step right in and play you know, and really, yeah. the knocks on him are kind of the the knocks that you want to see for a guy in his position, which is basically like he needs to get stronger, needs to get a little bit more physical as a defender and a finisher, but a good shooter, a good scorer. You know, seems like a good you know two way guy, plays hard, team player, all that stuff. And there's a really good video actually that uh, IMG Academy put out. I'll link to it in the show notes. Basically, kind of talking about you know why they decided to pursue him. Uh, you know why they thought you know even though he wasn't a guy that had a lot of offers why they thought he was really a guy worth believing in that they wanted to work with and why he's grown so much and that to me that's the kind of recruit that you want to get as a guy that's on that upward trajectory. So I don't really think there's any holes to poke in this one. This is unabashedly great news for Indiana from a guard who very well could jump into the top 30 you know, when the new rankings are out. We don't know, but he's a guy who projects to be able to come in and play right away. How many minutes? I don't know, but he's the kind of talent that's probably going to be in the rotation as a freshman.
1: When you watch his videos, and again, we're, this is what we've seen on YouTube and, and just some random stuff flying around that's available, but he he looks like the type of player that IU hasn't gotten recently. Uh, in a long time, I'm not just talking about the Archie Miller era, like he's got an athleticism. There's there's like a, a confidence in the way that he looks at the basket and puts his shots up. That is just feels a little bit on a different wavelength from what we've been used to recently with IU basketball. And so that's very exciting. You know, All the things that you said are correct. He was as a high school player in Kansas. He averaged, I think, 22 points and five rebounds a game uh, as a junior. And, you know, I mean, high school stats, you can kind of give or take, but then to go to IMG Academy, you know, that's not, uh, that's not a, that's not a joke. Like that's something where they're going to bring in players that they really feel like are developing. And I think, you know, I saw him described as you know one of the biggest late bloomers in this class. And I think it's obvious. Sometimes you'll get players that they'll go through a growth spurt. They'll have some kind of a, an athletic, uh, and you know, it, Increase in the way that they're doing things that allows them to suddenly play on a higher level. I was just watching the uh, rewatching the last dance actually with my wife here over the last couple of days. And, you know, Jordan had a similar trajectory. I'm not comparing Tamar Bates to Jordan, but this idea that you can be like an okay high school player and then make this incredible leap in just like a year or a year and a half, and suddenly you're in a different stratosphere. Uh, you know, the, it, what I find interesting, you look at his recruiting, he was. Uh, offered by a bunch of different schools, Indiana obviously being one of them, you know. But he visited Creighton uh, back in October. Alabama recruited him. Kansas recruited him. Oklahoma recruited him. Oregon, uh, several other programs have thrown offers at him, um, you know. And it's it's really interesting thinking about, you know, the thing at Marquette or the thing at Texas falls apart. Shaka goes to Marquette, and this is the place that he decides to come. It feels like, A, okay, great, you're getting an awesome player, but it does feel like a switch has been flipped in terms of, like, oh, I use a desirable destination for people again.
0: Yeah, it is. And, you know, here's the interesting thing about this. You know, when Kenya Hunter was brought in, Kenya Hunter was brought in for a lot of reasons because he's an excellent coach, you know, and he's, I think you make a mistake if you pigeonhole Kenya Hunter as a recruiter, which is kind of how he was billed when he was brought in. But this is an excellent coach that a lot of people think is going to be a head coach someday. But, you know, obviously his ability to recruit, you know, the the connections that he has, that was clearly one of the things that Archie Miller was looking for and that Indiana really needed was a shot in the arm recruiting nationally because it just hadn't happened yet. You know, what's interesting is, you know, Kenya Hunter was brought in and he was there for Archie Miller's last year. And then obviously things didn't go well on the court and, and Archie was let go. You know, what we really don't know is, you know, I think... It's interesting to say, like, hey, we're getting all these recruits because, you know, the coaching change and Mike Woodson is here and all this stuff. It's possible Kenya Hunter was going to bring in some of these recruits, even if Archie Miller was still here. And what I mean to say by that is Kenya Hunter is really good at his job. (laughs) And I want to give him some credit. I do think, look, I do think part of it is there's a new excitement and enthusiasm around IU basketball. So I don't think you can totally disconnect the two. But right. I, I do think, you know, it's possible that the recruiting was going to get better anyway, because Kenya Hunter is just so good at it and has these kinds of relationships. It's certainly
1: possible. And I am not in any way, shape or form trying to minimize Kenya Hunter's effectiveness or importance. I don't think that he's pulling this recruit in at this time. If Maybe, not this the head coach. <laughs> Maybe not and, this one. And, and, and I, you know, and I don't know. Since this whole thing has gone down, you know, really over the last four weeks or so, there's just been this energy and momentum, even in the in the offers that IU's been putting out over the last couple of weeks, the types of players that they're offering. Uh, it's like they're in a different area than what we've seen IU basketball being in over the course of the last, I don't know, whatever, uh, you know, really it goes back beyond Archie Miller but especially in the last few years, it hasn't been that IU's been getting bad recruits, but there's a certain category, a certain caliber of basketball player that it feels like even if Kenny Hunter was able to get them in and get them down uh, to the table for final decisions, they might look at Archie Miller's system, they might look at the way that IU plays basketball and say, you know, there's a lot of other spots you uh, know, that I think I could go and, and maybe have just as much if not more success and play in a system that's going to better suit my skill set and what's going to get me to the pros. And, you know, that's so like, I, I think of Creighton, I think of like the, you know, the Miller recruitment, uh, over the course of what was that last summer, or last fall, I've, I've lost track of Mason Miller, of yeah. what was going on Mason Miller. Yeah. And it's the same sort of thing. It's like, you know, under normal circumstances, you're not going to go to Creighton over IU, but because they play a particular system that is attractive I do think that it, it makes a big difference in terms of final decisions.
0: No, you're right. Let me, let me rephrase the, the, the way that I say because I think what you said is correct. I don't think Xavier Johnson or Tamar Bates do pick IU if Archie Miller's still here because of the reasons that you said, just the system. So maybe the better way to phrase it is having Mike Woodson, having this system that is more geared toward, hey, let's win games here at Indiana. Let's also prepare guys for where they're going to go in the future. Let's play a more modern style. It allows you to maximize what Kenya Hunter does so well, right? And you leverage yeah. his skills even better. So that's probably the better way to explain it.
2: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California lottery the Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Woo, play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.
0: By the way, Tamar Bates has an excellent basketball nickname, Scoop. That's just, a great, that's, just a great, that's just a great basketball <laughs> well, nickname. <laughs>
1: it's awesome. It really is. Um, and our own Tamar Share from from the Hoosier Network is, uh, is very excited about the Tamar Bates signing. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we're keeping the name alive because Tamar is graduating here at the end of the semester. Um, another interesting thing is I've watched his videos. There's a great video on, I think it's the 24-7 site, uh, the 2019-2020 highlights from when he was at uh, Kansas City Piper. Um, between the height, his ability to handle the basketball, his fearlessness in shooting, from what I've seen, his ability to move around on the floor, I see some Mike Woodson in this. Like I see, oh I see some analog there because Woodson, from a you know, and again, Woodson's one of the great all-time IU basketball players. But I I wonder if that feeds into recruitment a little bit as well here because Mike Woodson can can look at Tamar Bates and say, "Look, you remind me of a younger me, like a, a guy that you know was able to score." who could come in and really be the load bearer in the backcourt for an IU basketball team that makes a run at a conference title or maybe a national title. And, you know, that's for a guy that had as long of an NBA career as Mike Woodson had, that had to be some extra sweetener for Tamar Bates in terms of making a decision about where he was going to go.
0: But let's be honest, if Mike Woodson said that, he would say, you remind me of a young Mike Woodson. You remind Mike Woodson <laughs> of <a> young Mike, <laughs> Mike Woodson. <laughs> Mike Woodson
1: feels you look like a young Mike Woodson. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think that's just so much swag. Again, Mike, just, Mike Woodson just, talking in the yeah. third person
0: is going to be the gift that just gives his entire, <laughs> his entire tenure.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's tremendous. It really it's is. so
0: great. So, so let's talk about how Tamar Bates fits. And look, yeah. a guy this talented is going to fit on any roster. If you can't make a guy like this fit on your roster, the problem is with you, not with a guy like this. But where I think yeah. it's really interesting is, you know, it, it got really fun there for a little while, penciling in a backcourt of Xavier Johnson, Parker Stewart, and Armand Franklin. You know, because of the size, because of the versatility, because of especially, you know, with Xavier Johnson's ability to penetrate and then Parker Stewart and Armand Franklin's proven ability to shoot, that all started to look really good. Now, The nice thing is we have a lot of depth in the backcourt because that's without mentioning Rob Finnessy. That's not mentioning Christian Lander, who are going to have key roles on this team. And Anthony Leal, you know, Trey Galloway guys that we have high hopes for in the future. But of all the guys, obviously, now that we have, Tamar Bates seems like the most ready to step into the role that Armand Franklin was going to have, which is a wing. With some size, who can knock down shots and can score at different levels. Now, I don't expect Tamar Bates to come in and be the defender that Armand Franklin was, you know, by you know the end of, of his when he was playing as a sophomore because Armand looked a little bigger, a little bit more physical guy. But Armand also really struggled as a freshman to get anything done offensively. You know, he really came around as a sophomore, but he really struggled as a freshman. And, you know, and there was a reason why he was rated where he was as a high school recruit. To his credit, he worked his butt off and got a lot better. And by his sophomore year, was outplaying that. Tamar Bates seems more likely to come in and step in and be ready to produce offensively. And if you can now pair him with Xavier Johnson and then have he and Parker Stewart on the wings, you know, Parker Stewart's proven he can make threes at, at the college level. Tamar Bates hasn't yet. So it's all theoretical until he gets in here and does it but again like I said I think you look at his shot form you look at some of the things he's done the competition he's played it's not too difficult to project him stepping in and being a 35 36% three point shooter that can challenge guys you know off the dribble and do some different things so yeah. it brings me back to boy that that three guard trio of Johnson Stewart and Franklin now put Bates in for Franklin that is going to be tough just from a versatility perspective and what all those guys can do. And then when you can bring Rob Finnessy in as a defender and bring Christian Lander in as a secondary creator, I mean, you know, we've gone from having one of the worst backcourts in the big 10 to having almost too much talent in the backcourt right now to like fit all the pieces in. And that's a good problem to have. And the nice thing is a lot of it's young talent, so it can still develop and grow, but boy, you start mixing and matching those pieces and it finally starts to feel like a legitimate top flight Big Ten backcourt again, at least with the talent that's there. It's got to come together, but at least the pieces right. that are there.
1: Well, I think one of the nice things is that this system that Mike Woodson says he wants to run, and the whole idea of doing a more NBA friendly system, you know, your your backcourt now can fully extend into the three spot. You know, you you're, you're working with three positions instead of two, and I feel like the nice thing about having a guy like Tamar Bates just from what we've seen is that he could, he looks like he can handle the ball, play the off guard position or slide over to the three. If you want to go a bit smaller. I mean, you think about the backcourt, so to speak, Uh, Jackson Urie from the Hoosier network tweeted this out earlier. It's now Xavier Johnson, Anthony Leal, Christian Lander, Rob Finnessy, Trey Galloway, Parker Stewart, and Tamar Bates. That's essentially your seven guys in the backcourt. And that's a really fascinating group. Now, you can look at all of those guys and say, well, the only one that's really proven themselves at uh, you know a, a power five conference level at this point is probably Xavier Johnson. And, and he hasn't put on an IU uniform yet. But again, if we think about the way that the talent under Archie Miller seem to struggle with confidence, if that confidence can be restored or, or rebuilt, and then you bring a guy like Tamar Bates in who can jump right in and isn't afraid to shoot, and isn't afraid to, to do the little things and work off the ball. Uh, there's another really good video of him from his junior year at Kansas or in Kansas high school basketball where you can see a lot of off-the-ball movement. You can see him you know, doing great handling the ball and also not necessarily handling the ball. That's really exciting. And you know, so much of the struggles I feel like IU's had for a couple of decades now have been a lack of real competition for the spots, a, lot, a lack of the, the starters feeling like their roles are really under question because they're, you know, I mean, this is one of the big problems of the Tom Crean era. You know, the bench would be filled with guys who were long shots in a lot of cases that you know, occasionally would pan out, but more often than not wouldn't. So I'm excited to see what happens here, because if you can get him feeling comfortable and if you can figure out rotations in each of those spots and you can slide people around as necessary like that's a really hard group to guard. And and yes, like you said, they have to come together. I'm almost like more excited about what this group would look like a year after having been together for a while, which, you know, you look at that list, there aren't a lot of guys that are going to be definitely leaving after a season. And, And that's really fascinating. Like this isn't just a really talented young group. It's a, it's a group that, Could be around for a couple of years in some form.
0: Yeah, they all. I mean, the whole thing could theoretically come back, right? Xavier Johnson's technically a junior. Parker Stewart, I believe, is technically a junior. And this is obviously with, you know, getting the extra uh, COVID year. So, yeah, it's a group that could really, really grow. Are you, let let me, let me take it to the other extreme. Are you concerned at all now that there's just like too many guys there to keep everybody happy?
1: No, I'm not because. I don't think in this era of college basketball, you're ever going to keep everybody happy. And I think at some point, if the talent level at IU is going to rise to the level that is commensurate with winning big 10 titles and competing for final fours, you're going to have to have some situations where you bring in better players who either push the guys that are already there to levels that they haven't achieved or causes those players to end up going elsewhere. It's unfortunate, but it's kind of the process that you have to go through. I mean, and you look across the board at the programs that have gone from being average to really good, that process has followed through. You know, to some degree, it might be almost better that it happens now than five years ago because there are mechanisms where players can go and find playing time if they don't feel like they're doing it here. But there's also mechanisms for IU to bring players in that can help to fill minutes uh, and help to push players that are currently on the roster. So I... You know, there's always the concern, but as we've seen, you know, I think it was uh, uh, the Mark Schuman at the Daily Hoosier like put the roster update out for like what the map is, and it's like, well, it's it's overfilled for next year. But you know what? Um, We're probably going to see that self correct. It's just the way that it works right now. So I'm not going to get overly worried about it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think you have to acquire as many good players as you can. It's not, like, you know, and that's the thing. Like, like look at it from Christian Lander's perspective, right? I mean, this is obviously a guy who expects to have playing time and needs to play to develop. But it's not a bad thing for Christian Lander that you bring in a guy like Tamar Bates because all these guys getting to battle against each other in practice is going to make them better. And if you rise to the top, if you're earning minutes in this backcourt, you're going to really know that you've done something. And with the transfer portal, you know, I feel better about it now because with the transfer portal the way it is, a guy can leave at the end of the year if he finds a better situation if he's not happy, and so I think you can actually to me it would give me more confidence as a coach to recruit aggressively. I'm going to assemble talent let's let's roll the balls out and let's go. let's see what the yeah. best five is. let's see what our best eight is. let's roll you know want everybody happy, want everybody here, but you're not locked in here. I'm not you know making you promise after promise and now you're locked in to where you can't transfer because you have to sit out a year. You can go elsewhere if you need to and you know, I think it's it's great for Indiana. I think it's great for all the guys on the roster because they are going to get so much better playing against better talent uh, and have a much better chance to win and do th- something special as a team. I wanted to just read this real quick. This is from uh, Jerry Meyer at Twenty Four Seven Sports, a quick scouting report of Tamar Bates. For those of you, you know, who haven't had a chance to watch him yet, thin build but has some length for a skilled combo guard type. Has a burst of athleticism to go along with high level instincts. A lefty and possesses a shiftiness to his game. Three-level scorer who can make tough shots in traffic on the move. Accurate deep shooter. Linger on that one for a minute. Hmm. <laughs> Accurate. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Good. <clears throat> Accurate deep shooter. Hey! <laughs> Accurate deep shooter. Hey, boy, boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> a good... I'll do it one more time. Come on. <laughs> Accurate deep shooter. <laughs> a, good, a good driver with either hand and can pass well with either hand. Primarily a scorer, but also sees the court as a distributor. Dangerous on defense, jumps passing lanes, has good hands and lateral quickness, needs to develop strength as a rebounder and a one-on-one defender. It's great. you know. And, and again, I think he's going to be able to play to his strengths because he's not going to be expected to come in right away and be a primary ball handler. You've got Xavier Johnson. You know, you've got Christian Lander, you've got Rob Finney for that, so he can really focus on being a scorer, being a secondary creator, getting out in transition. A lot, a lot, a lot to like about this pickup for Indiana. Um, so, so
1: uh, yeah, go. The, um, the Eric Bossy article from 24/7 Sports had some interesting quotes in here. Um, he, uh, so he makes the announcement he's going to play for Mike Woodson. Um, And he's some other quotes that he had from Tamar Bates past Mike Woodson's own decorated personal achievements and accolades. He just stressed how important it was that he make me better as a man. Me and my family felt that being around him and the staff, just that he's put together that they'd be able to continue to build my mental capacity and help me grow as a young man. Um, That's interesting. Um, Woodson said in terms of me personally, that I fit his coaching philosophy and that's just getting to it on both ends of the floor playing really good defense and then having a space, fast paced ball screen setting offense. He wants to implement a lot of NBA stuff in our offense. And we're going to have to buy into playing defense. And that's not a problem for me. I enjoy defense. Um, hey, he wants to, you want, yeah, I know you want to you know, throw the sound clip in again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they should just its talking about what he wants IU fans to know. They should just know first that I'm a really good person off the court. And I'm somebody when I come into a room, I'm going to have a smile on my face and want everybody else around me too as well. People might see the way I play and think I might be uptight or not wanting to talk to anybody. But off the court, I'm that goofy dude. It's like a switch flips when I play basketball. I'm two totally different people. Um, this is a I love this ending quote. I'm excited to play for such a historic program. When you're talking about people like coach Bobby Knight and as much as they have won, I'm just trying to go there and add to what they have there now because they have some really good players. The goal is to bring Indiana basketball back to where it was. And I'm going to go in with the same mentality to carry it on. I like everything about that. That sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say not uh that's seeing a lot of problems there.
0: No, no. And look, I, You know, you've always got to take some of that stuff with a grain of salt. Recruits say a lot of things when they come in. But I do, there does seem to be a consistency about, you know, him and his family really wanting to go in, not just the right basketball situation, but really talking a lot about growing and developing. And, you know, look, I I think it's important, you know, coaches will tell you this all the time. You have to recruit families, not just players, you know, and now... You know, is is their family going to be overbearing and texting the coach every day and wanting certain things, you know, for playing time and all that stuff? You, you know, you never know. I don't I don't know anything about them. But just from those statements, it gives you a lot of confidence. This is a guy with a good head on his shoulders, is coming for the right reasons, is excited to work hard. And that's all you right. can ask for, you know, and, and that's the guy that's going to fit the culture that Mike Woodson's trying to build.
1: Well, and, you know, it's funny because we hear about the bad stories of parents and we'll hear, you know... Dane Pfeiffer, whoever, you know, complains and for good reason about play, you know, coaches that have to deal with players, parents, but so much of the, you know, the situation regarding parents is they're looking out for the best interests of their kids. And as much as we want to think that it shouldn't matter and ultimately coaches should have decisions on things at the end of the day, you know, for those of us, and I include myself in this, that are not fans of the way the NCAA is set up, are not fans of the way that uh, players have been treated over the course of time. If the parent isn't going to watch out for the, the, the student, the player and make sure that they're in a position that's going to help them out, they can't really necessarily count on the basketball program or the coach because situations change. Ultimately the coach is going to have to look out for themselves due to professional realities. And so it is really important that you recruit players' families and players' parents and make them understand how the player will be treated and what the environment's going to be and what the coach uh, enforces. Honestly, I think it's one of the things that makes Tom Allen such an effective recruiter and, and why he's been able to bring better and better players to Indiana over the course of the last few years because he does a great job of reassuring mothers and fathers that when they send their kid to Bloomington, they're going to be taken care of. They're going to be getting a good education. They're going to be coached on life skills. And I know that stuff sounds hokey, but it really does matter to a lot of people. And, you know, I'm not saying that we haven't seen that under past IU coaches. We haven't heard it talked about that much. We, the fact we've already heard it talked about here, I think does bode really well for how Mike Woodson wants to put his program together.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one other thing that we haven't really talked about yet with Tamar Bates that I noticed just in a few minutes of watching some clips of him is he's kind of an emotional guy on the court. Like he makes a play, he gets excited. You know, not not in like a bad way, but as we've talked about, we want to see you know, kind of more emotion from players on the court. He seems like that, and so with that in mind, I just saw an interesting comment. This is from uh, Justin Young, uh, who runs Hoop Scene and Hoop Scene West. He has two decades of NCAA-approved scouting uh, service. Uh, So that's who's making this quote. But he retweeted uh, a tweet from Jerry Meyer. uh, And Jerry Meyer said, you know, about Tamar Bates, don't be surprised if he moves up in the rankings, still a little undervalued, in my opinion. And again, he was ranked 57th. Um, But Justin Young said, I think he has the same energy-raising level that Davion Mitchell gave Baylor. Highly competitive. You build around that kind of trait. I'll take
2: that. Stand by. Stand by. Stand by. I mean... (laughs)
0: Look, this is, you know, the thing to me that I love about, you know, number one, bringing all the guys back from the transfer portal was great, right? But if you just run it back with the same crew, the results may be different because it's a different system. But there were limitations to that team because of their shooting, because of some of the mentality things that we saw, because of, you know, a lack of just overall confidence on some of the guards, right? So there were weaknesses to last year's team that no coach was going to be able to really change, depending on the system. But that right. team, but that, that group still had a lot of talent and a lot of ability. So now what you've done is you've brought a lot of those guys back, but what have you added? You've added an attacker who can get into the lane in Xavier Johnson, who's kind of an alpha dog type, which we didn't have, right? You've added a guy like Tamar Bates, who seems to have those similar traits and is also a shooter, which you had when Armand Franklin was here, but you didn't have once Armand Franklin leaves. You know, and so bringing in those two guys, you know, you kept Parker Stewart, who we haven't seen, but is a shooter that's going to be able to add to that. So, part of my enthusiasm and growing confidence for what I think next year's team can be, you know, without having yet seen the system, is I think you are able to basically take the good stuff from last year, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson's toughness, you know, Rob Finnessy's ability to play defense, some of these traits that these guys had. And now you're sprinkling in the stuff that they didn't have. The leadership, the emotion, the ability to make shots. That's a pretty good team to me. Because I think last year's team at times played pretty well, but they had these glaring holes. And if you can fill some of those holes, and the Big Ten's not quite as good next year as it has been, that's a a formula for moving up. And so we've got to see it all play out. But I think you can start to make a theoretical case for why Indiana can be a lot better next year.
1: Yeah, no, and I think as I've talked about on the Crimson cast quite a bit, the biggest challenge that I saw with Mike Woodson earlier on in his tenure was going to be, here's the pieces that I have. A, as I evaluate those pieces, do I want those pieces back? And B, what can I do with those pieces? As far as, can I get them working together? Can I get them playing at a higher level? And I think that this type of recruiting is like, okay, to some degree, almost the cherry on top of the Sunday, because that the other part that we weren't sure about is like, well, can Mike Woodson recruit? We assumed that he would be fine because even if he personally can't recruit, you've got Kenya Hunter on staff, you've got Dean Fife on staff, you've got your zero Roseman on staff. So, you know, that always felt like a bit of a paper tiger, uh, you know, argument on the part of uh, of the national media. But when you add that into Woodson's coaching acumen, And his ability to get professional players, you know, Knicks players and Hawks players and and whoever else he's worked with to adapt, to learn to play in a system, uh, you know, not knowing who he's going to have necessarily from year to year outside of the stars that are you know under heavy contracts. That makes this next year even more tantalizing because I I think I have to think Woodson looking at this has said that the players that we have coming back, I'm not going to voluntarily bring somebody back necessarily that I don't think has got any skill and while it was certainly convenient and tempting for a lot of IU fans to say well this whole team is just awful except for Trace Jackson Davis they're just you know and maybe Armand Franklin they're just not able to compete at this level I've never bought that I I really don't think that it's a situation where you have a bunch of players that can't play in the Big Ten I think they were playing in a system and an environment that wasn't Lending itself to them being successful and frustration builds on frustration. Now you start to add these really attractive and interesting pieces from outside to this core nucleus. And, and now I'm starting to think, well, I'm really fascinated to see how quickly Woodson's going to get his ideas in, how quickly he's able to get everything going. It does make you think to yourself, if you can get the best aspects of the players that were on the floor for IU last year while having to minimize their worst aspects. That that could be a a really competitive team in the conference. Maybe not a winner, but certainly one that isn't, you know, destined for the bottom half of the conference.
0: No, I mean, I I think it's okay to start to have confidence. I mean, you're going to have probably, is anybody else? I mean, Trace Jackson Davis is probably going to be the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year, right? Based on, I'm having a hard time thinking
1: of who else. Yeah, who else would it be?
0: Yeah, so I mean, you have a big man that's probably the the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. You know, you've got a guard in Xavier Johnson that's done it in the ACC, albeit playing for Pitt. You know, so they haven't been very good. I don't think there's going to be a roster in the Big Ten that's more talented than Indiana. I guess is my point. And then it's about how quickly do they coalesce. You know, like you know, Purdue—they're gonna—they're ranked highly. They're like ranked in the top five. They obviously have a talented roster. They've kind of been playing in the same system. You—you're a little more confident in Purdue, not me, but you know, generally people are more confident in Purdue because they kind of know what they're gonna get from a Matt Painter team. We don't know yet what we're gonna get from a Mike Woodson team, but he sure has assembled a roster that I think people can start to believe in, and that's what's really exciting about today is you plug Tamar Bates in, and now this is a guy that really fills one of the holes that was kind of glaring on the roster. That is filled. And now I guess if you look at, okay, what else could Indiana do? Because there's what? One scholarship left for next year, correct? That's right. You know, I guess if you can get a stretch four that can knock down some shots, like if you can get like the theoretical Jerome Hunter, you know, actually like get that guy who's shown that he can do that, um, that would be big. You know, Now, maybe Jerome Hunter can, can grow and develop to the point where he can be that stretch four type, but that's probably the one thing that you're missing is a guy to play alongside Trace who can step down and guard somebody big, but also step out and make threes. So that either means that Jerome Hunter improves defensively or Race Thompson improves his three-point shooting, or you go get a guy who can do that. And if you can get that, have, you you fill pretty much the last hole that is obvious on this roster.
1: And I have to think they're going to be able to get at least a a player above replacement level out of the transfer portal for that this year. I mean, you know, there's there's the player who shall not be named who's been talked about a lot behind the scenes. We'll see if, you know, that actually comes to fruition, but there's other good players I think that would fit that role. And it's to some degree, again, I think it's an accidental benefit of time that we find ourselves in where you can add a player like that. Like you don't have to wait until fall of 22 to get a recruit in. You can just find somebody. And, you know, if they've worked this hard behind the scenes in the short period of time since Tamar Bates uh you know announced that he was opening his recruitment up again and they were able to pull him in surely there are other players who they have relationships with through the recruiting trail who are out there in the portal who they're already trying to figure out okay which one are we going to bring in and how are we going to set this up so you know I, we'll see who it is i'm not too worried right now because i'm really fascinated now i'm like okay i how good will that player be? How excited will we be when that gets announced? Not will they be able to fill the spot? Like that's that's where the question has changed.
0: Yeah. You know, the other question though is from a strategic perspective, do you want to keep a scholarship open? Because you never know what opportunities come up later. You know, just like they had the scholarship open so they could absorb Parker Stewart midseason. There is an argument to be made that you got so many people to keep happy already on the current roster. Do you want to leave a scholarship open? I guess what I'm saying is you can leave it open until the right guy comes, right? Like Indiana right. doesn't have to feel pressure to just take anybody. You can leave it open until the right guy comes. And if no one comes by the time the season starts, you keep it open because maybe a new guy, you know, you know, someone comes along uh, during the season that you want to take a look at.
1: We had a, we had a comment in chat. Um, from It's in the blood. The better players who show up, the more want to come to IU. And it, I think that's a really good point is that that's... Yep one of the things I think that's been missing to some degree over the course of, of really the last several years is momentum breeds momentum. You, you get more and more players who want to play with other good players. It's the NBA super team phenomenon, but it's, it's one of those deals where, you know, it does apply to college at this point, because there is that movement. You're going to have the the one-time transfer exception that is approved and moving forward. It's a different methodology by which you build teams. And I'm just really fascinated by it. Like, I'm above all else, like, you take, you put the Tamar Bates commitment to the side, put whoever the stretch for that they'll inevitably get to the side. Just the atmosphere around the program is just so different now. And it feels like a place people want to play basketball again. And that's really weird. I'm having a hard time processing it, Jared.
0: I know it's. I think Ross's tweet does a good job of summing this up. You know, we went from a point about a month and a half ago where the team is getting booed off the floor to Ross saying, "Hey, Chet Holmgren is committing in 30 minutes. Can I you steal him from a done deal in Gonzaga?" <laughs> he says, "Ha ha!" But I'm not sure he's actually kidding. You know, all things I mean, seem possible right now. That's right. All things are possible. There's no,
1: no reason to limit yourself. With your just,
0: Kalen, I just, I just wish Indiana was relevant. You know, I just wish we hadn't spent ten million dollars to to tank the program to actively get a worse, worse. Team. yeah, yeah just, sure. it's just it's my lingering problem with how everything's gone down
1: <laughs> remember it costs zero dollars to not be mean to iu basketball <laughs> fans on twitter um it's, it's, oh, it's man.
0: yeah this has been great galen thank you for uh, for taking the time to jump on here always fun to do these Absolutely. emergency podcasts when there's good news like this any any final thoughts before we sign off
1: I'm very sorry for the audience that is watching live that I didn't do something with my hair before we hopped on. This was kind of impromptu, but uh, uh, yours always looks impeccable, Jared. Don't oh, I got don't be, lucky? Don't be putting.
0: I got, yeah, I got lucky. Um, I have bed bedhead because I also was not ready.
1: I'll, I'll look. I'll, I'll close by saying this. I think that this is probably the norm more than the exception, at least in the short term here as we move forward. Because I do think that this is a program and a coach. That and, and an assistant coach group that is attractive to players. You know, I think it's it's attractive um, because of the NBA ties and because of this idea that there's going to be an offense that people want to play in. I think it's it's attractive to a player like Tamar Bates, who specifically said, "I want to play for an African American coach." Um, you know, Mike Woodson is a guy that, and you know, some people don't understand why that's important. For a lot of young black players, that's a very important thing, and and that's something that. Uh, I think you put all, all those elements combined, and IU is in this weird spot where they could become kind of a cool program for people to go to in a in a in a different way from how IU football is a cool program to go to, but in a similar sort of unexpected vein where it's like, hey, wow, you know, that's a destination spot where it just hasn't been that way for a long time, and so that, that's probably what excites me the most about this. I'm really excited to see how this uh, this recruit develops and, and how he fits into this system. And, you know, I'm, again, as I've said before, it's only April 19th. I feel kind of deprived that we don't have a season for another essentially seven months to, to really focus on. We're just going to keep talking about this stuff. And I'm OK with that.
0: Sometimes it's fun to linger in an offseason when everything seems possible. It would have been torture to linger in an offseason <laughs> if Archie Miller had come back. And it's, you know, you kind of feel yeah. like it's a death march to the season. But sometimes it's a little fun to just linger in the possibility before before the games actually start, and then hopefully you know the games match the the hype and the possibility. But sure, is fun right now.
1: I'll take all I can get at this point.
0: All right, we do. It. We have to do one more thing before we go though, because people are asking your day one starting lineup. Now that we now that the oh. roster's been shuffled a little bit, oh, there's man. so many possibilities. Well, I know it's hard.
1: Uh, given who's on the roster right now, it's probably. Ooh.
0: Um well two spots are in pen. Xavier Johnson and Trace Jackson Davis are starting.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, those two definitely. And um and I think I think Race Thompson probably starts. Um, I mean, I think Hunter's probably gonna get some significant minutes. Beyond that, I mean, I think probably you're gonna see um Parker Stewart at the two, and um the three is really up in the air. Like it's I, I could see. I could see Anthony Leal making a big leap and starting there, or I could see uh, Bates stepping in as a freshman potentially. I'm not writing any of the other guys off. Um you know, it's really interesting though, because I, I keep wondering, do you see Lander starting? Does Finessey like make a big push over the offseason to reclaim his starting role? Um, you know, how small does IU want to go with this lineup? I, I so I think at this point I'll probably roll the dice and say that they're gonna roll with with um I don't know. I'm, actually, I'm not going to roll the dice. I'm going to keep my dice roll in my pocket at this stage. What are you going to say?
0: It's hard. I gosh, I'm not going to be surprised at all if Tamar Bates ends up starting because he's he's one of he's going to be he's going to step right on the court and be one of the most talented players out there. But you know, I do think there's something to be said, especially early in the season, for rolling with some of the older guys. So I tend to think it'll be Xavier Johnson, Parker Stewart, Rob Finnessy, Ray Thompson, and Trace Jackson-Davis. Doesn't mean I think that's the best five. And again, I would love to see us. I would love to see the starting lineup shape shift based on you know and see the the rotation even sometimes shape shift depending on the matchup. Um, but I, I think there's a there's a case to be made that Rob could really thrive, you know, in kind in kind of a Robert Johnson 2016 role where he's out there to play defense and knock down shots on the wing. You know, and and really have a valuable role. And so I just think, you know if if that confidence comes, I, I guess yeah. I feel safest with him because he's the oldest guy. And coaches always tend to kind of default to experience early on. i don't sure. I don't think the starting lineup at the beginning of the year will be the same as the end. But if you made me bet on it right now, that's what I would say right.
1: And I mean, the one thing with Rob is I don't think he's a good enough distributor right now to hold down the point guard spot, and I think he's no. probably too small to effectively play at the two. Regularly or at least start at the two, so I do worry a little bit there. Yeah. Um, so I think of the two, I could see Lander maybe uh, having a better chance at starting initially, but I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to just roll with those guys off the bench regularly. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. And I, is. I, I for, I think a lot of it's going to depend on who the stretch four. If they pull a stretch four, it ends up being because that yeah. piece, a lot of the way the lineup is set up is going to pivot around whether they have somebody that can draw defensive attention, um, in that role. So that's, that's, that's the next big thing to keep an eye on.
0: Yes, it is. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us on this emergency episode of the assembly call as Indiana lands. Another big recruit Tamar Bates, Kenya Hunter out there doing work, man. Kenya Hunter is, he is a bad man. Kenya Hunter. Love it. Galen. Thanks for your time. Thanks everybody for being here. Well, uh, man, we have so much to do with Ryan Thursday night. So Ryan should be back Thursday night. He's still got to do a Xavier Johnson scouting report. He's got to do a Tamar Bates scouting report. So, you know, Ryan has a lot to catch up on. So hopefully he should be back Thursday. So be on the lookout for that the next couple of weeks. We'll, make, we'll get in depth making, with scouting make, reports.
1: Make, making him earn his salary is not the worst thing in <laughs> no, the world. You know, I mean, no, really. It's so. not. No,
0: it's not. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will talk to you soon on, for sure, Thursday. But hey, if more news happens, we'll be here for you with an emergency episode. All right. Talk to you soon, everybody. Thanks, everyone.
2: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly, must be 18 years or older
1: to purchase Player 5.